Welcome to our midweek Wednesday night service. This is, how many of you are aware that this is the last Wednesday night until next year? Yeah. I, always get, I, I always remember getting excited in, in school. My and it worked every year on me. I was such a sucker. My teacher would always say to us, it would be like, you know, middle of December or something like that. And she would say, you guys, I've decided to be really nice and I'm going to, you don't have to do any more schoolwork for the rest of the year. We'd be like, no, you know, I'm serious. I'm not going to give you any more schoolwork for the whole rest of the year. We said, you're just, you're lying. Well, that's, I, I promise, I promise no schoolwork. And, you know, we finally believed her, you know, just at the time when we break into celebration, she, you know, someone in the class would figure out, wait a minute, in January, it's going to be a different year. You know, we'd, ah, you know, every, every single year. But um, we're, we're not going to be having our, our normal Wednesday night service here for the rest of this year. We, we will be starting back up the first part of January. But I do want to let you know about, about one thing. And as I do that, let me go ahead and ask our ushers to come forward and to pass out uh, the uh, plates. This is for offering, for, for tithes, for those of you who are a part of Timberline family. Thanks for your faithfulness. Um, you can go ahead and begin passing those ushers. And in two weeks, so not next Wednesday, but the following, we're going to be having a family Christmas festival here. And this is just a really fun night. This is like if you have kids or if you don't have kids or if you're just a big kid, it's, a, it's an awesome time to come. And there's like Hayride, uh, Live Nativity. Uh, they've got the Sweet Shop, which would be one of, one of my favorites. And uh, it, all, all of the stuff that's sold there, like we're going to have all of our uh, marketplace materials. This, these are the U-Count um, ministry, uh, the purses and, and bags and so many different things like that that are made. And, and all the money is going to be going to our U-Count ministry, which helps stop anti-human trafficking or is, is against the human trafficking, as well as um, some local ministries, which are about that area as well, like homeless gear. So I encourage you to be there. There's a table um, out back as you leave if you want to pick up a flyer a lot more information would love for you to to pick those up and be there in two weeks not next week let me read for us if i can a passage in scripture um, luke chapter 3 is is a passage which picks up speaking about this guy who is spoken of as the forerunner of jesus his name is john the baptist and this is what we read. If you have your Bibles, I would encourage you to open to it. Luke chapter 3, and we're going to read verses 3 to 16. We start reading this. He, speaking of John the Baptist, went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet. He's, he's quoting from Isaiah 40, and he says, A voice of one calling... In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, and every mountain and hill made low. The crooked road shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all people will see God's salvation. John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized to him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, well, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. What should we do then? 
the crowd asked. John answered, anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none, and anyone who has food should do the same. Even tax collectors came to be baptized. Teacher, they asked, what should we do? Do not collect any more than you are required to, he told them. Then some soldiers asked him, what should we do? He replied, do not extort money, do not accuse people falsely, and be content with your pay. The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one is coming more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Spirit and with fire. Um, think, think in your mind about a time when, when, when you had to prepare something. Like, uh, how many of you were thinking Thanksgiving dinner coming up here, like in a week? How many of you were hosting a Thanksgiving dinner? How many of you are freeloaders and you're just going to go over to someone else's house? Okay, and they're going to do all the work. But think about that. I mean, you know, we usually go to my parents' place and they're breaking out extra tables and they've got to get the chairs and there's the tablecloths and you break out special ones for that day and all the food that's made there. Think about a wedding. Some of you have had to prepare for a wedding and, and it's like, you know, I sit down with couples in my office when I'm going to do a wedding and they sit across from me and, and it is so funny, you know, like one of the first things I ask, I say, so like, how's the preparation coming? And, and the guy just looks like, you know, you will find and the and the and the girl's like tense, you know, and she's like, well, we got this done, we got that, and she's stressed out about things she hasn't gotten done, and you know, there's dresses and there's flowers and there's the invitations, and you know, when they're sent out and wondering who's gonna be back, you know, not sure if we're gonna get all the numbers that we're hoping for and, and where they're gonna be at and the reception place and then the DJ they got and the you know, and I always remind well, remember the most important part's the minister. And you got that. I'm right here. Um, <clears throat> but um, there's there's tons of things to prepare for, aren't there? We put, a, uh, we put an ad in Craigslist a few weeks back because we're, we're, we're finally moving out of the stage where, where we're getting rid of cribs in our house. And so we've got like the last crib sitting taken apart in our, in our garage. And, and we had this other one. And so this couple came and you know, they were looking for it. So they came to look at it. And, and, uh, and I was asking them, so like, she's ready for their first. And he's like, man, it's like, it's like any time, a few days. And so I'm asking, well, are, are, are you prepared? Yeah, we've got this, you know, uh, room ready, and you know, he he showed me on his phone. He was so excited. He had painted this mural on his wall, beautiful, beautiful mural of this giant tree, and I mean, he had this room all ready. He said, you know, this is this is the last thing we've got is this crib. It's like this very last thing, and this baby's coming any day. It's like it's important, and you know, so that's when I jacked up the price. You know, when I knew, okay, <laughs> you are desperate. Of course, I'm gonna <clears throat> have you pay the most you can possibly pay. But we, we want everything to be right, don't we? Why is that? I think it has something to do with the fact that when, when we're prepared, I, I, like, can't we enjoy it more? You know, like, we can get more out of it? It's like, it just, we can experience it in the full because we're not frantically trying to fix things. So there's this sense in us of preparation for these big moments. Well, what's interesting is when the second person of the Trinity the son, the second person of the Godhead, was going to invade this world. The, the true king of the universe was going to land, as C.S. Lewis uses the phrase, in enemy-occupied territory. God chose this one guy, John, as the preparer. He's the one that he chose. And what's interesting is, is what John was concerned about preparing for. It, it, it wasn't invitations. 
It wasn't the right food or the right wine. It specifically had to do with, with, with hearts. He was, he was worried. He was concerned. Were people's hearts prepared to receive this, this ministry, this message of this soon coming king? And so when he went into uh, his, his public ministry, John, ton, tons of crowds came. And we have to understand historically what a, what a big deal John the Baptist's ministry was. You have to remember, there had been 400 years of what the Jews called this silent period, meaning God wasn't talking, right? There's prophets in the Old Testament, right? Tons of them. But the last one came like 400 years ago, and it's like God's not talking. And all of a sudden, John shows up. And there's something different about this guy. People just kind of intuitively know this is a prophet from God. He's speaking, and prophets usually come in the sense of getting ready, prepare for what they, you don't know a prophet could bring a lot of different messages. So, so people, people are rushing out. In fact, Josephus, who is a, who is a Jewish non-Christian historian, he's also a friend of the Romans, listen to some of his words in his book, Jewish Antiquities, when he talks about John the Baptist and this huge surge of a movement. He says, um, many others came in crowds about him for they were greatly moved by hearing his words. And then later he spoke of, quote, the great influence John had over the people. And later that they, quote, seemed to do anything he should advise. I mean, th this, the historians are recognizing there's this mass movement around this guy because he's talking about something. So everyone is so interested. What's the message he's bringing? And John understood that, that the one coming was, was so transcendently powerful. He quotes Isaiah, and I love this phrase. He says, if, if the physical landscape knew what a big deal this was, the mountains themselves would, would, would bow down. Valleys would, would rise up in adoration. Crooked roads would become straight because here he comes. It's this idea that there's one so massive in our presence, this great one. The physical creation itself would respond. And because when he comes, people would see God's, as he, at the uh, end of Isaiah, he quotes, God's salvation. They'll see it. Another word would be liberation. God's freedom. And the Jews knew more than anyone, true liberation, it's not about physical stuff. It happens, it's at a heart level, right? The Jews had been out of exile for a while. Here they're in exile. They're out of exile, but they're still under Roman domination. But they understood even when they were out, there's, there's this heart level of freedom, of liberation, of salvation that is really where it lies. And so John is concerned, are people's hearts ready for this one who is coming? And so if I am to prepare my heart, if you have an outline, I'm just going to give you a, a few things to fill in here. First of all, I must take ownership of my spiritual growth in Christ. And by ownership, I'm talking about like intentionality. I have to recognize it is, it is my job to be a self-feeder. Verse 4, he says, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. Um, who is the only one? Who can prepare your heart? I mean, it's it, who's the only one who, who, who really has control over your intentions, your attitudes? It's, it's you. You have the ability to prepare your heart for the work of God, but 
No one can force it from the outside. No one can read your Bible for you, can they? No one can say your prayers for you. No one can confess your sins for you. No one can vulnerably step into deep, authentic community for you. Those are, those are all your choices. Those are all my choices for me. So there's this ownership. And I think many of us reach, reach times in our life where we feel like a, what's a good word, stall, right? We feel like spiritually dry. And I would suggest not always, not always, but, but, but often that kind of a response comes out of a, a paradigm, a way of looking at things, which, which assumes this sort of passive role that I take in being a, a spiritual disciple of Christ. And so, and so I might say things like, um, you know, I'm just not being fed as much in my church as I used to. I mean, think about what that assumes. I'm not being fed, right? You picture like a little baby bird, right? <laughs> feed me, feed me, yeah. But, but, and again, oftentimes what I would suggest that is, is that, that that kind of language more reflects this sort of passive participant perspective to our spiritual growth. So when John says prepare, what he's saying is make room in your heart, in your life, in your emotions, in your mind, in your belief. Make room in your life for the activity of God. So, like, how do we do that? Right? Well, I'm not gonna, I don't want to go there yet. I want to get that, I want to get to that like third point. Okay. Let's let's jump to the second point, but then I want to come back to this. Okay, how do we get there? What do we do? The second point in your outline, I must make an honest assessment of where I am spiritually. Uh, do you remember the phrase that John uses here? This is like his opening phrase that he starts with, starts with, with them, you know, when they come down, says all these, these great crowds come down. What does he say? You brood. <laughs> yeah, you, you're like embarrassed. You brood of vipers, right? You bunch of snakes, right? Um, how many of you would guess that is not a compliment? It's, it's not. I mean, even in the Greek, it's, it's not a compliment. This, this is a phrase which would denote the idea of, of someone being um, sneaky, someone being um, evasive, even, even deceptive in its, in its strongest sense. What he's saying is you are deceiving yourselves. Um, this is part of the sinful condition of humanity, isn't it? Isn't it amazing that we, we are beings which we speak of language like self-deception, which is a fascinating concept, right? Um, how, does an, how does a unity, an individual, if, if, if I really am a singularity, how do I deceive myself unless things have kind of gone awry or unless there's a brokenness to the individual? Um, Jesus put it this way, though. John 9, 13, he says, here's the verdict. Lights come into the world. But men love darkness because their deeds are evil. That's, he says, here's the verdict. Here, here's the decision on human nature. Is that we have this tendency to, to not be brutally honest with ourselves about where we're really at. We just spent uh, how many? Six, seven, seven weeks, I think, going through this, this, this whole thing of emotionally healthy spirituality. And, and, and we're not done with it. I mean, this is, it, it was introducing a path that, that we keep going through that we keep walking because we realize there's this 
depth to who I am as a person, right? This, this kind of beneath the surface of the iceberg of who I am that sometimes I don't even see. Certainly you don't. And this idea of coming before God and saying, what are those areas of my life that, that need to be converted, that need to be reborn, that need to be transformed in my life? And so I need to have this honest evaluation of, like, where, Brent, where are you really at spiritually? Um, and what John seems to be saying here is that the people kind of have this idea that um, I'm fine with God, right? I'm okay. And he says, you are not fine with God. In fact, anticipating almost like a, a mental loophole that his listeners are, are going to go through, he says it this way, and don't even begin to say to yourselves, Abraham is our father. Right? It's like, as a parent, I do this all the time. I'm like, don't even think about saying this, right? Because I know what my kids are going to say oftentimes, right? Don't even go there, because I know that's probably what you're thinking. He says, don't even think biology means anything to God, right? Do not think that the fact that you go to church means anything to God. Don't think that your parents' faith means anything to God. Now, what I mean is those things don't mean anything to God if there's not true life transformation going on. In your life, if you're not making more room in your life for God to work. Because the reality is we cannot afford, you guys, each one of us individually, I cannot afford to, to honestly assess or to not assess, I should say, where I am at spiritually. And the response comes, all the people's response when he says this, comes in a really interesting question. Uh, what should we do? Right? They're asking the question of how. And what's so cool is he gives them really practical, like, suggested next steps, right? Doesn't, remember, he says, if you, have, if you have two coats, he says what? Yeah, give one of them away. If, if, if you have enough food in the same way, what? Give some of it away. I mean, just think about it in this, in this regard. Um, imagine if you were to go to your closet. How many of you have more than one coat in your closet? Like I do. I've got, I've got several. Um, if you were to go to that, that, that closet and you look in there and you go through them and you, you, know, you take some out, you, I take them all and I've got maybe five or six and I lay them there and I go, okay, you know, I, could, I could do without these one or two and so I take those out and I take them somewhere, maybe I give them to someone who's cold who needs I come back and I look in my closet and all of a sudden I realize I've got more space, right? You go to your pantry and you take everything out and you put some things back but you leave some out and you say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this and I'm gonna go bring it to someone. And when you come back to your pantry, you look and you go, I've got, I've got more room. I've got more space. And here, here's the interesting part. What, what John, I think, is saying is that something spiritual, and this might seem weird, but this is what he's asserting. Something spiritual is happening when I do something as physical as giving a coat or food. Um, it's kind of like our hearts. I almost think he's making a picture here. When, I, when I'm able to make, make room in my heart by these sorts of things, all of a sudden, more space is opened up for God to, to work on who I am as a person. Henry Nouwen, uh, many of you will know this name. He wrote books like The Wounded Healer. He was, the, he was this great spiritual thinker. He's, he's uh, passed away just a few years ago. Great, great scholar, Catholic priest, left it all to go work in in a home of people who, who are disabled toward the end of his life, in which he said, I, I learned more from these people than I ever did in any theology course or book that I ever taught. Henry Nouwen said, he, he spoke of the idea of like secret, secret acts of service. You know, the 
through the code. That's when he said secret access service. He said, what, what's actually happening when you, when you um, engage in this is you're making increased space in your soul for God to operate. And this is the guy who knew that. This is the guy who, who stepped away from the most prominent position at an Ivy League school for years and years and did secret service for the last portion of his years. And he said, that's where my soul grew. That's where my soul expanded. One way that many of you have done this around here, even like around the Christmas time, is, is by taking part in, in something that we, we know as Adopt-A-Family, right? A lot of us know what this is. This is a ministry that around Christmas time reaches out to, to, to some of those families in our community and, and meets needs for them, gives them a Christmas that they would not have otherwise. Um, in previous years, and this, this stuff just breaks my heart, in previous years, people who, who were signed up for Adopt-A-Family oftentimes, you know, because they'll write on like, what are your needs? Sometimes they wrote things like this, uh, a cheese sandwich. Can you believe that? Um, some, someone once said, uh, someone to play chess with. There were parents who said, Please don't give me anything, but I, I just want my kids to be able to wake up. I want them to have something on Christmas morning. But please, if, if you're thinking about me, just save it and get, get, get something for my kids. There was a single dad um, who received help one year. And the next year, he, he gave money to this with this letter. He said, please, please give this money to a dad that cannot afford much of a Christmas for his kids this year. There was a time when I was that dad, and I was blessed by God and loving friends. It's a powerful thing. There's a, uh, there's a person that I know named, named Margie. And um, Margie came to Timberline uh, about a year ago um, as someone who would, who would say, I'm, I'm not a follower of Jesus, maybe exploring the whole thing, but uh, I would like to help serve with this area. And um, I want you to listen just for a minute to a little bit of her story about her interaction with this. My name is Margie, and I volunteered at the bridge the last two years. And the first time that I showed up at bridge, I didn't expect to be there. I didn't plan to be there. I just heard that they needed volunteers, so I showed up. Um, I'm a social worker by profession, and I spend the majority of my time at my work working with the underserved in our community. So I expected the bridge to just kind of be like a regular work day, but it was not. Um, I think it's important to clarify that at the time that I first volunteered, I was questioning every aspect of my faith, including the existence of God. Um, it was a time of confusion and uncertainty. But as I served the people that day, I started to feel in my heart something that I've never experienced before. And I couldn't identify it at the time. I didn't know what it was. But it was this amazing feeling of connectedness and love and caring. It wasn't until about three quarters of the way through the event that it struck me that what I was experiencing was the undeniable and overwhelming presence of God in the room. And at that moment I became a believer. And I was struck with the realization as well that I was meant to be there that day, that God was calling me and that turned my life around. It transformed me. Um, about three weeks later, I made a conscious decision to become a Christian, and 10 months later, my son and I were baptized at Timberline. 
Um, I love the Bridge event. Amazing things happen there, but it's particularly significant for me because it turned, it turned my life around. Um, so it's one of my favorite parts of the holiday, and I can't wait for it this year. time I met Margie was in our baptism class on a Sunday morning and I did had no idea of her story and it, and it was just the coolest thing um, this is things again that, that we would say just like John points out these are practical steps for you to get involved we want to say what are, what are practical ways that we can prepare our hearts that we can live out this whole Jesus kingdom thing in our community in fact uh, there's last year, I think it was like 2,000 um, kids that we were able to reach through to adopt a family and their and their families as well. The problem is there are still families who we we just won't have the numbers to adopt. We won't be able to do it. And so we've started a, another ministry called the Bridge, and the Bridge is a way to connect with those families to provide them sort of a Christmas dinner celebration, presents, meal here, and um, we've got needs of people to be like host a table like to sit down with people around a table and hang out with them for the night and to let them know that they are valued and special and loved by God because we remember this, this man who said, what you did to the least of these, you did for me. And, and so that's what we're about. And they're gonna, be, they're gonna be in the back afterwards. I would encourage you to stop by. This is something that we can practically do here. Let me, let me make two more quick points and, and then we're gonna transition here to something else. Two more observations. What I notice as I look at this, this passage is that John, as he's talking to them, he gave them specific steps, specific practical things. If he said, how, how do I prepare my heart for God? He gave them real specific things. Do this, don't do that. Approach that, pursue this. And what's so cool about it, think about the groups who came to John. You remember the ones? The first group would be the religious group, right? Because he says, you know, he says, don't, don't think just because you're Abraham's kids, that's a big deal. So we know these are the kind of religious. But then he said, it said two other groups came to him too. And he said, what should we do? Remember, they're looking for steps. They're looking for suggested next steps of pursuing God and his kingdom. Their first group said tax collectors. And what he told them was different than what he told the religious. And then a third group showed up, right? Said soldiers. These would be Roman soldiers, right? Enemy occupiers. And he said, what, what do we do? And he gave them specific, tailored steps to where they were in their own lives. And what's, what's so awesome about that? And if you want to fill in your last blank there, I must have a spiritual growth plan, which is, and here's kind of the key word, which is specific to me in order for me to, to move forward in my spiritual growth. Um, we're approaching Advent, right? Advent, if, if you grew up in a church tradition which, which celebrated the, the Christian calendar, Advent are those four Sundays before Christmas, and it's all about anticipation. It's about preparation. It's like getting ready before that Thanksgiving or that wedding or whatever, but it's about what John was talking about. That's what Christians have always celebrated for thousands of years, is this idea of, of, of preparation. And what I would suggest that we have to have are these things. If I am not intentional, like, if I don't own the fact that it is my job to prepare my heart, it's not going to happen. I have to be a self-feeder. I have to pursue. And secondly, I would say that 
I, I have to make th this assessment, this honest, brutally honest assessment. Wh where am I at spiritually? You know, like when you go to the mall and you see that you are here? Do, do I have a you are here spiritually for where I am? Because until I have that, I can't even get on to the next thing. Like, what does it take for me to move forward? Because it was different for the soldier than the tax collector and the religious person. And, and even more than that, category-wise, I'm an individual. I'm unique. I'm different. I've got experiences and background, things we talk about, emotionally healthy spirituality. How do I specifically move forward in my spiritual growth? One of the things, you guys, that I am really, really excited about here is, is this tool. It's an online tool. Pastor Dick mentioned it last week to you. And this is a tool that we have been working on for like months, like for a long time. There's a, there's a great group of people, um, Matt Hickey, George McCamey, Sharon Anderson, and, and numerous others who, who have been helping us in, in teams ask the question of if we are going to prepare our hearts, not for Advent, but this is an everyday thing, isn't it? Like, like for living the Christian life, if I'm going to do that, I need to know two things. Where am I at spiritually? I need an assessment of where I'm at. And then what specifically for me, how do I move forward in my spiritual growth? And so we have found this tool, and this tool is called Engage. And we've been working on this for months. Um, Pastor Deary is, is going to be kind of opening this up on the weekend. And, and you're like the, the favored few because you're faithful and you come on Wednesdays. No. Uh, well, I mean, you come on Wednesdays. But we, we want this, this community here. We want us as a community to, to try this out, to get involved in it, look at it, and, and, and allow it to be something in our lives that help us assess where we're at spiritually and what specifically is it going to take for me to move forward, okay? So what I'm going to do over the next, like, 10, 15 minutes, and then we're going to break early and kind of have a fun time in the back. I'll tell you about it here in just a minute. I want to walk through how you can get this engaged tool and start using like, and I would say especially if, if you feel at all stalled, this is like exactly what you need. If you don't have a personal growth plan, if you don't have, this is what you need. If you're even new or if you're just going, I just, I just don't know what it takes to grow. I feel like I'm growing, but I could use more. I could use an intentional path. This is what you need. So here's what I encourage you to do. And if you picked up a bulletin, these steps are like on the bottom there, I think. But let me just walk through it with you real quickly to kind of show you. The first thing you do is just go to our website. If you, have, if you have internet connection, go to our website. And when you go there, the bottom right-hand corner says My Timberline. Do you see that? Online community. Okay. This is our church management software. If you've never logged on before, you're going to have to like get an account. It's, it's not hard. Fill it out. If we have your email address already, you'll just get an email. We'll say, here you go. Here's your login. If we don't, we never have. It might take till the next day, but all you would do is, is log into my Timberline here with your username and password, and what it's going to pull up is just this home page, and there's just one link you have to click. Okay, this is the only hoop you got to jump through, <laughs> is you have to go to our church management, my Timberline. You see right here where it says engage? That's the tool. Just click on that icon, engage, and this is going to take you to this awesome, fantastic tool that's going to do these two things. All you have to do is click this orange button, uh, which says create an account to get started, okay? All it asks for, what's your email address? Uh, make your own password, are you, a, you know, are you a male, are you female, whatever? And then that's gonna give you this, this initial page, 
there's a, there's a welcome video here from Pastor Derry. And, and Pastor Derry's gonna walk through and talk about, say, you guys, this is this tool. Here's how we believe it's gonna function in our church. Here's its ability to help us again assess where I'm at and what it's gonna take to move forward. After you've watched that, or if you just say, man, I, I hate videos, I'm not watching that thing, I refuse to do it, just take the engaged survey, okay? You click there. Uh, it's about a 15-minute survey, and let me just say this. Pastor Derry says this in the video, but I would encourage you, do not be, uh, be brutally honest, okay? Think about, you know, John the Baptist's words, you know, about saying self-deception is so easy, and I love to put my best foot forward even when I'm alone, <laughs> right? So be brutally honest. Answer those questions, because if you do, what it's going to do is it's going to give you and this is essentially what it is here. Now, everything is based on, you see this like a little app? If you have like smartphones, you know the word app, like an application. I'm gonna call these apps. So on the far left, it says my portrait. As a result of taking this 15 minute survey where you're brutally honest, it's gonna give you a, a snapshot of where you specifically are spiritually. Are you growing? Are you really active? Are you exploring Christ? Are you challenged? Are you stalled? Or I mean, there's a, it, it's very, very specific to you because how you answer one question will then give you kind of different questions to answer. So it, it's, it's totally tailored to you. And it gives you a full, on the left-hand column here, a, a full kind of spiritual snapshot of where you are. And then three themes are going to emerge, okay? So in mine here, my three themes are life-changing, trust-building relationships, building community with spiritual discernment and uh, identity and impact. So these are three themes that said, Brent, based on how you answer those questions, if you want to experience growth, these are going to be the areas that you're going to want to pursue. You're going to want to do activities in those areas. So you know what? I could print this off and I could, if I have a spiritual mentor, I could say, hey, I just, I just want to like share where I'm at. Like, could we meet? I just want to give you a snapshot of where I'm at spiritually. It's not a personality test. It's a spiritual, here you are. And I want you to know where I am and, and the three themes I'm working on. Now, if you close that out, what's so cool, everything else here is based on your unique spiritual profile. For instance, this next app here that says growth plan. Um, remember John the Baptist was talking to the tax collector and the Roman and, and, the, and the religious, each person needed different things. This growth plan here is made up of a series of suggested next steps. And they're all unique to me because they're based on those themes that, are, that arose in my life. So maybe one arises and it's like, Brent, you've got, you've got a problem with like unforgiveness in your life. And so that's gonna be one of the themes. So it's gonna suggest different like assignments or different kind of next steps that'll serve up to me to say, if you wanna pursue this, here's, Here's something to do. So for instance, this first one here, this is read a book. It could be some exercise, do this exercise. It could be a connecting, go find a mentor if you don't, you know, join a small group, whatever it might be. Um, it, might, it might have a link to a book that you need to go pick up in the bookstore, or it might say, you know, go grab a New Believers packet and grab that booklet out of there, or maybe a website, listen to this sermon, read this article online. So there's links in there, and you can take notes in all of these as well. Maybe you're reading the book, and yet, as you're reading, you're going, man, chap chapter one was really challenging. These are the questions that I have. And when I meet with my mentor, I'm going uh, to ask this question about it. Um, Pastor Rick wants to know, did Adam and Eve really have belly buttons? Which, so if anyone's interested, you, you could help Pastor Rick with that later. Th thank you, Pastor Rick, for that. That is a deep theological question. Um, 
when you're done with it, see, no one needs this more than Pastor Rick. He definitely needs a spiritual growth plan. When you're done with an assignment, you click finish, and then you can be like, okay, so like, how, how helpful was this to you? You, you might go, yeah, this was, this was great. This was a five, or yeah, I don't know. It just it didn't really seem to you know, meet my need. You know, I give it a one or whatever. And then when you're done, it grays out. You can flip through. There's about 20 to 25 different assignments unique to you based on where you're at in your own growth plan. And if we uh, X out of this growth plan here, the next component is the Bible engagement, okay? Now, we know that one of, one of the things that, that always is catalytic for growth is that I'm in the Word of God, that I'm immersed in it, that it's changing who I am. And there's various different ways to engage in the Bible. Um, there's sort of a bird's eye view reading. That's just, what's the big picture? What's going on in the story of Scripture? Theme discovery. Are there passages in the Bible that specifically speak to maybe my issue of need for life-changing relationships, areas of unforgiveness, whatever? It's going to give me those specific passages that'll help. Might be a short memorization. Hey, work on memorizing this. Meditation, listening. There's various ways to engage with Scripture. And so each one of these, I, I can read it, and when I'm, when I'm done, I just click this little done button here. There's various different translations of the Bible up here. But once again, I can take notes. I'm reading a passage, and I go, man, maybe it's Genesis 1, and Pastor Rick goes, did Adam and Eve have belly buttons? That's a profound, deep question. And so, uh, uh, you know, he makes notes in there, puts a question that he wants answered. Man, I didn't get this. Well, when we X out of this, what's cool, do you see this third one here, my notebook? Any notes that you take in your growth plan or your Bible reading plan they're time and date stamped, and they're all together in a notebook. So you can go back and say, let's see, my growth plan, what is, oh yeah, there was this assignment. Maybe you sit down with a mentor or a coach or a spiritual friend, and you say, man, I was reading this passage, and this stood out to me, or I was you know, doing this assignment, I was asked to reflect on this, and this is a question I had or something I was thinking about. I want to share it with you. So I can see that there. If we X out of this, um, the, the next app is Church Life. Okay, um, when you first open it up, it'll, it'll be blank. It won't have all these here. And when you click manage my interest, what it's gonna do is it's gonna say, okay, I'm a, you know, I might say like I'm a senior, I'm a senior adult, uh, I'm involved, interested in you know, spiritual formation classes and I'm new to the church, okay? So based on that, what are things going on here around church like, like that would meet those specific needs? And I go, okay, oh, okay, Summit. That's something that I'm new to the church. If you guys are new, you know we talk about Summit, find out about who Timberline is, that sort of thing. Um, maybe that. And so I'm going to, you know, I can click more and I can go to the website and see all the details. That, okay, here's when it is. Here's you know, the dates it's offered. But what's really cool is I can say, yep, I want to do that. I want to add that to my next steps. And so I click that there. And I can always see when I go to the top where it says my next steps, I can see a snapshot of where am I at on my growth plan? Where am I at on my Bible reading plan? And essentially what it'll do is it, it'll, it'll add that thing. Of, hey, Brent, you wanted to do Summit. Hey, Brent, you wanted to get baptized. Go to the baptism class. Brent, you wanted to come to the um, a prime timers potluck. And it, and it puts that in the thing of I need community. I need to do this. And so I can look at that snapshot of kind of where, where I'm at. Brent, these are things that I want to do. If we X out of that. A uh, couple of things real quickly here. Groups, the Groups app, this is an opportunity for, for, for you to connect with others because 
Like the worst thing for you to do in your spiritual growth would be to get on your computer and go sit in your closet and say, I'm going to grow spiritually, right? Uh, we know when we receive Christ, we get his body, right? It's about relationship. That's why we're here. So this should never substitute that, but hopefully it's, it's connecting with others as well. And so the groups app here allows you to find different groups that are going on. Maybe it's that, maybe it's, hey, my spiritual friend and I, my mentor, we're, we're going to start a group and it's a private one. Maybe it's a public one. Like if you go to a Wednesday night teaching, this is the coolest group, just so you know. If you want to be in a cool group, this is the cool group right here. And so there's, a, there's like a group wall. Someone posts something. Someone might take a picture and go, um, click on that picture there, Pastor Rick. Um, might go, oh, this is a picture of, of last Wednesday. And um, Rob had on a really horrible colored shirt. Can you believe Pastor Rob wore that color with those pants? It didn't match. I can't believe it. You, you want to leave a comment about that, right? Um, he, he'd love that. He loves that kind of stuff. I'm telling you. Um, he loves constructive criticism. <clears throat> um, but, you know, so you can make comments there. You can post um, a thought, maybe, man, this is, this is the verse I was reading today. This is something, you know, that stood out to me. Whatever. You can upload documents or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, if, we, if we close out of this app on the top here, uh, last two ones real quickly, messages. This is essentially the place where if, if, if you want to send a message to someone, maybe that's that someone in a group you're in or something, um, hey, you come on Wednesday, or hey, what's going on, or are you going to make it to this? Uh, again, sharing your thoughts, maybe prayer requests, whatever it might be. And the last one here, directory, this is where you can see a list of everyone who's on Engage. And you might say, oh, I want to invite that person to this group that we're in, or I want to send them a message, um, you know, whatever it might be here. So uh, here's Pastor Rick's information, and he's sending himself a message from me, which is a little awkward. Um, I have no idea what he's going to say. Rick, please help me with my Adam and Eve question, of course. Oh, some people will not let something go. So you could send, again, really important questions like that. Um, and here's, here's what's cool. You can say, you know what, uh, this is great. I'm going to use all these. When you go back to that, to that home screen... Um, and you click this little more button down here, uh, you can say, you know what, all I want is my portrait, my growth plan, whatever. You can, you can X some of these out and put them down at the bottom and just, I just want it to be real, real simple and look like that. Those are the you know, only things I'm going to use. And what's cool is over time, in, in that little box, more apps are going to be coming out. Like in this new year, one of the new apps that we're going to have, have access to will be an app of all of the online free Bible classes. Like, what's everything that, you know, that's out there? And, and it's all in one place, you know, that I can find. So there's, and it'll keep, you know, continue to be coming out. So this is sort of, it, it's a, it's a one-place online tool where you can say, I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to own my growth, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do an assessment of where I'm at spiritually, and I'm going to be really honest. And then I'm going to take those next steps that are tailored to me to grow. And what's cool is when I'm done with that, when I've gone through them, what I do is I go back and I can, and I retake the assessment. And hopefully I've, I've seen growth in my life. But there's probably other themes that surface. Hey, Brent, here's a new spiritual growth plan for you and a different Bible reading plan. And so I jump onto that and I have a different experience. But this is one of those, again, fantastic opportunities. We really believe this as a church, that, that we can provide all of us with a 
cool tool that'll be really accessible whether I'm on my iPad, my iPhone, my tablet, my computer, that, it, that it's always with me and I'm constantly engaging, I'm learning, right, and I'm doing activities and I'm connecting relationally with others. So that is our hope for this. And so what I would say to you is because you don't have to come to Wednesday night church for the rest of the year, um, I would encourage you, make use of this, okay? Jump on this tool, try it out. Again, in the, in the first of the year, Pastor Derry is gonna be talking about this on our, on, uh, in one of our weekends. And um, again, I'm very, very thrilled and excited about, about what this is gonna be able to do. 